okay? Yeah, babe. Good, because I need you to babysit for me tomorrow. Need you what? I need you to babysit for me so I can study. Come on, Phoebe. I don't know how to take care of children. Yes, you do. You'll be fine. It'll be easy. It's only for a couple of hours, and right when I'm done studying, I'll come back and take over. This way, I can still prep for my exam as well as getting paid. <laughs> so you get to keep the money. Duh, I'm broke. You're, you're broke, actually. Please, it would really be helping me out. And Grace, she is such a cute kid. You're really gonna like her. She's so fun. Can't you just ask one of your friends to do it? I mean, guys don't babysit, girls do. Okay, babe, you know what? I need you to babysit for me tomorrow, and you are going to do it because you Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Quick Bites. As you may have noticed, last week I dropped the 50th episode, a pretty cool milestone. And uh, today on the Quick Bites episodes, uh, we're celebrating two years of the generic podcast. I never thought that I would be making a podcast for two years, but uh, here we are. (laughs) Still recording, still uh, getting a whole bunch of different guests on here and just having a really good time with it. You know, I've really enjoyed either opening up my email or going into my Instagram and going into the DMs and getting uh, different messages from people just saying how either the show inspired them to start writing or to make films or, you know, they've learned something new. I mean, that's really what this show is all about. Um, I remember when I first started this, one of the reasons that I even wanted to get into podcasting is because there were so many questions I had about writing, uh, you know, for film and writing for um, just being like a novelist and everything. And you know, there wasn't a lot of resources readily available. So there are things that I'm working on now that should hopefully help people down the road, kind of like a, a uh, one website fits all kind of thing. So it's like if you want to know how to do certain things with indie film, there's going to be stuff there that you can learn from, uh, you know, different small interviews, big interviews, all sorts of kinds of stuff and episodes like this. Uh, quicker stuff, which is just updating you on um, the things that are going on. So there, I do have a lot of plans for this show uh, now that, you know, we have the two-year mark and everything. Um, but, you know, before we get into the, the meat of this episode, because this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, you know, it's the two-year anniversary. So, you know, we got we to gotta do something pretty cool here. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out to, you know, the first five people to come on to this, you know, if they hadn't taken that leap of faith with me and, and started things off, I don't think I would be here right now. Uh, so the first one's a good friend of mine, Tyler Geis. He did a podcast for about two years, I think, somewhere around there, uh, called Tyler Geis Basement. I'm pretty sure you can still check it out on Spotify. I'm not sure if all the episodes are still up there or not, but um, I'm pretty sure it's still up there. The second guest that I had on the show is Daniel J. Volpe. Man, thank you so much. I remember sending an email to you and uh, I remember like having a little chat back and forth and you know, you went and did what anybody would do. You checked to see, you know, how long I've been going and the guests and everything and I had two episodes and a trailer 
Um, you know, the first episode was just me, and the second episode was me and Tyler. And uh, you're just like, screw it, let's go for it. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that one. I've loved seeing uh, the progress that you've made as an author. And uh, I really enjoy Talia. She's an amazing character. Um, and the rest of the books that you have out are really freaking fantastic. If you guys have not checked out any of his work, um, he also has like a dark fantasy series out. It's uh, three books. I'm looking forward to getting into those as well. The third person I'd like to give a shout out to is Judith Sonnet. It is an honor to have someone like you on the show. I have no idea how you continuously pump out all those stories um, and you still keep all of the grit in there, you still keep all the grime in there, and all of the nasty. <laughs> so for anybody that is looking for some really like heavy, heavy uh, splatter punk between Daniel J. Volpe and Judith Sonnet, you should be all set. The next person I want to give a shout out to is the host of the Who's There podcast, a podcast about horror fans. She just dropped her 144th episode with Joe Filipino, uh, extreme haunt actor, writer, and director. Uh, if you haven't been listening to her episodes, she just has a slew of amazing and awesome people on her show. I highly suggest that you check out Who's There podcast. Uh, there's just so much there that that show offers. And she's a really cool person, really down to earth and everything. So shout out to her and all of the work that she's put in the horror community and all the different cool interviews and people that she's had on the show. It's highly entertaining. And I highly suggest that y'all check out that show. And lastly, I can't thank you enough Jeremiah Kip, if you're still listening to this show every now and then, thank you so much for all the support, um, answering all the random questions I have sometimes when I'm sending people things and I'm trying to understand how to broaden the horizons of this show a little bit more. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. Um, I had him back uh, when he was releasing Slapface. If you have not checked that movie out, I still highly suggest that you check it out. And uh, he has worked on several projects since then, a lot of really cool movies um, and, you know, shorter films and everything. So, yeah, he was an excellent guest. It's still a fun episode. At some point in time, I may go back and, like, remaster all those episodes if that's something that you all want to see me do and you all want to uh, hear those. Uh, but for now, you know, I'm just going to keep on going. Which brings us right up to the current time and the episodes that are coming up. You know, I'm really excited about the uh, next two episodes because I love supporting uh, filmmakers that are up and coming and people that are just learning how to make films. You know, they're pursuing their dreams and everything. So it's always really exciting. Uh, so for episode 51, which is coming next week, we've got Barry Moten from The Nightcrawlers. Uh, he's been trying to put this whole thing together. His big thing is that um, the, the only person that he is missing uh, from the cast, which he is still trying to figure out how to do or if it's even possible, um, but he's trying to get Jenna Ortega as one of the people that is going to be acting 
uh, in his movie, so she would be the female lead for that. You also check out some of the stuff that he's working on and what he's trying to do. It's a really, really cool project. I'll leave the link for uh, that project down below. Uh, for episode 52, I got the leads of a movie called Night. It's an indie high school project that's been making some buzz over on TikTok. Caught my attention. I went over on Instagram and checked it out. Really humble dudes. Really cool what they're doing. You know, they're just doing like the whole practical effects thing, trying to make this movie work. Um, they still have a Kickstarter open. So if you have the funds and you want to go uh, help fund their project and get everything off the ground, uh, you can go ahead and do that. Once again, I'll leave the uh, links for that down in the description. And 53, episode 53, we'll see the return of Mia Dahlia. We're going to be talking about her newest collection of short stories, Smile So Red, and other tales of of madness. It was a fantastic conversation and I can't wait to share that with all of y'all. And a big surprise for everybody today. There's a new horror film that's going to be releasing in theaters and on Screenbox come February 9th. I was lucky enough to catch a screener for the upcoming film Here for Blood which drops in theaters and on Screenbox on February 9th. I'm pretty excited about this because I got to do an interview as well with Sean Roberts, who plays Tom in the film. You may know him from the Resident Evil franchise. He played Wesker. And uh, I'm just going to continue saying it ever since I've seen him in a film. If they ever make a Wolfenstein live action game, he pretty much looks exactly like William Berkowitz. So if we could make that happen, that would be pretty cool. So uh, I'm not going to waste any more time here. Again, thank you so much for the two years of your support, all the friends that I've made, all the connections that I've made. I'm thankful for all the people that I have inspired and have reached out and thanked me for that. And I hope that this year, this show just blows up because there is so much that I would love to do um, and, and, and work on with the, all the people that are involved in the horror, science fiction, and fantasy genres. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. Um, so you've been in a slew of movies, including the Resident Evil franchise as uh, was Albert Wesker, um, as Will in the 2014 film Fear of the Gods, 2017's Diary of the Dead, and hopefully if they make an adaptation of the game, which I hope they do as you fit the role perfectly, uh, William uh, Blakowitz from the um, Wolfenstein series. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you're pretty much the spitting image of him. <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed. <laughs> yeah, man. 
what uh what draws you uh to your roles um and in this case what drew you to here for blood uh when i read the script it sort of resonated with me right down to my bones I, it was as if james had written the line specifically for me um and you know to be honest i've been uh, doing this for almost 30 years now and i want I wanted to do action when I started, and so finally I get to a point where there's some action, there's some gore, um, and there's some comedy. So it, it felt like a blend of all the things that I love doing. And I was like, yes, however we can make this happen, let's let's do it. So it was uh, a testament to James's writing. Um, you know, there's a lot of times when you read scripts and you're just sort of getting through it. This one I didn't want to put down, so it was uh, it was a good sign. So. We uh, we connected and uh, here we are. We made a movie. Oh yeah, the thing that's pretty interesting of what you were saying here is that it's something that you you really wanted to do. So it's kind of cool to see how it's just like you know it's like you're you're doing some films in all these different genres and it's kind of like you're like you're pulling from all these different um, character roles that you've reprised and everything. And I'm curious, like, what are some of the challenges during the shoot um, that you had that maybe you had to overcome, or if there were any? Some of the challenges, I guess, when we're working with low-budget films is that there's just sometimes not enough hands on deck to be able to do things. Um, so, you know, when you have so many events happening over the course of a film, continuity is a big thing. And so managing blood splatter was probably the biggest thing that we had to overcome. It's like, okay, where are we? What has happened? How much blood? Is that too much blood? Do I need more dirt? What do we, ah. <laughs> So that was definitely probably, you know, because normally there's somebody whose job it is to just worry and focus on that. But when you're working in this world where everybody's doing two or three jobs, you're like, okay, well then I've got it. I've, I've been taking care of it. I gotta, I'm on track and, and, and we're gonna make this work. So um, definitely were some wardrobe challenges and making sure we were uh, along with a storyline and not jumping scene to scene. Um, and, you know, I mean, not that you want to complain about doing nights, but nights is always challenging. I am a day creature. So uh, it was always the drive home at night was challenging, but that, you know, <laughs> everybody has that. Um, you know, it's uh, when you have enough preparation and you have people willing to do whatever it takes, really helps get rid of any challenges. So it was uh, it was an enjoyable experience the entire time, really, because we lost power uh, because there was a, a giant storm that went through. So I think we ended up losing the whole day because when you're out in the country in the middle of nowhere and you don't have power, well, there's just nothing you can do. Um, and we didn't have the budget for uh, generators. So um, I think really that was about it. Um, sure, there was other challenges that happened after, but um, nothing, nothing on the day to day. Uh, the challenges I'm referring to after was the cleanup of the blood in the farmhouse, which was apparently like a multi-day undertaking, but uh, that's that's somebody else's gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave that leave that to, to somebody else to do. <laughs> Our producer. Um, so what was kind of like your approach with uh, the character Tom? Because I mean, he, he has like a very huge like growth arc. You know, he's super into wrestling and that's like that's like 
his money maker. That is that is what is going to get them out of debt. That's when that's what is going to keep them going. And then it's just man, I'm a babysitter like that. What the hell? And, you know, it's like so you have this this arc, and I was just like wondering like it was when you were going in and you're like you're reading the script and you're like trying to like piece together this character. It, was there a certain approach that you took to him that was different or is there uh, as opposed to like other characters that you reprised or is it more just kind of like the same kind of system as far as figuring out how to get into them? Um, I just, you know, after doing this as long as I have, I just read the script and watch the movie in my head. And uh, if it lines up, well, then it, it makes more sense. And, you know, I mean, there are certain challenges with other films that come along the way and, and how they're written and their intentions. But uh, James Roberts, our writer and our producer, did such a good job. I don't know how long he took to write this script, but it was pretty much all there on the page, right? And, you know, as an actor, I know that some other people like to make creative choices. And I've made some changes here and I've done this and I, and I have this backstory of, you know, when I was a child and like, fuck, just say what's on the page because that's what was paid for. That's what we've all agreed on. So I struggle because, yes, there are times when, when you can get... Um, creative and, and improv and stuff but for the most part I just want to do what I'm told to say right um, say what's on page man so um, that's it's just a really it's a testament to James's writing oh yeah I mean it's, it's got to take an interesting kind of journey for you I mean like starting from like the beginning of your acting career and then like to now and then just like seeing your growth just in your head of like okay like this is how I started and now I'm here as far as how you're you know how you're kind of just like stepping back and being like okay like we just got to get this we'll get this done you know kind of as you're saying like uh, you know they've written this script and everything and I, I feel like sometimes that can be a little difficult for some people when they're when they're filming because it's like you have all these ideas this character did this it'd be freaking awesome and you're just no no can't, can't do that today um, no, <laughs> like those sorts of things, man. Make your own movie. Right now, you're yeah. an employee. Do the <laughs> so, I just try and do the job. <laughs> One of the things that we had uh, sort of kind of touched on before, just as far as you know, being pretty truthful to the script and just kind of like getting the things done. Are there any other techniques that you use as an actor to? to get through the different shooting schedules and everything. I know like, you know, you guys were shooting at night a lot and that's kind of a challenging thing. Are there any different techniques that you've acquired in your toolbox throughout the years that kind of help you with the fanatic uh, or frantic schedules? Um, I've learned not to drink five Red Bulls on an empty stomach. That's definitely, <laughs> no, not the best thing uh, for your digestive system. You know, if you keep caffeinated, you got to keep your energy up. Um, it's about staying focused on the task at hand. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than sitting there. All the crew is set up, the cameras are about to roll, and one of your other actor, actors is talking about the sushi that you had for lunch last week. Focus, man. What are we like? No, 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 no. So either I just, I don't understand how they process things, but for me, it's 
you know, okay, we're here to do a job. Let's run through it before we get started. Make sure that we're mentally prepared and we're in the zone. You, you know, make it real, right? So you're talking about sushi. I'm still in the script right now. So can we get back to, you know, um, not that I run into that a lot, but there are, that is a challenge that, is, that comes with it because, you know, some people are so excited to be on set and they just want to talk and they want to be friends with everybody. And like, yeah, yeah, that's great. But we have a job to do. And right now everybody's waiting us to say these words. Can we focus? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I like to stay focused on the work and not get too distracted when you're on set because sure, man, I mean, the grip who's already done his job just would be more than happy to sit there and shoot the shit with you. Um, but you know, I mean, I have, I have a, a job that I have to do now. So yeah, man, it's, it's just really about staying in it. And um, a lot of times, if you can get actors that will run the scenes with you before we're on set or before the crew is standing there, then generally you can work out one or two beats that maybe wouldn't have been there if you didn't have that extra time. Because nowadays it is get it done. Okay, good enough. Next. And we're all on a tight schedule. We're doing it on a minimal budget. And there's really no time for what if and how about what if we try? That's not a thing anymore. So it's just get it done. And um, yeah, hopefully you have a team that likes to play, you know? Yeah. And so with this film, it's super gory, like you said. <laughs> so uh, take us through like an idea of like what it was like to go through all of the, the different like practical effects and special effects that they're, they're, they're putting into this film. And, and like, what is the process behind that? Well, generally, I mean, depending on what we're going to be doing, if there is a body part or a face or something, generally we'll have to get that cast, in which case, uh, before production starts, the actor will go in and, and sit in a chair with a, a straw out the mouth and two straws in your nose. And they'll put this uh, uh, latex all over your face. And then it cures up and then they build their molds. And uh, it's always weird seeing your head standing on a desk somewhere or, you know, <laughs> Um, but it, it, I, I really enjoy the practical effects because you get to see it. It is a novelty. It is not, you know, later in CGI world, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I feel like anybody that's in film and does film you know, appreciates these real life things. And it, it is a craft in, a, in itself. I mean, I don't know how many overtime hours our special effects team racked up, but they were the first ones there and they were always the last ones to leave. So uh, my my respect to them, they, uh, and, and you know, I mean, to have the willingness to make a mistake with your gag and be like, I'm gonna figure this out, I'm sorry guys. You know, uh, the blood went in the wrong direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out. It really, uh, the movie hinged on their, their performances. And uh, I have the utmost respect for those guys because, you know, I mean, everybody else has gone to computers and they're still staying with practical effects. It, as an audience, we can tell, we like the real thing. And I don't know, it's, it just helps as an actor to have the real thing to work with. And it's a novelty, I love seeing that stuff, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like all the movies that have CGI now, you know, it's, it's no matter how far they get, it's still, there's like that that disconnect where it's like you can still tell there's like some kind of barrier of flatness and it's just like the, the interactions generally feel less genuine, you know? So it's like any movie that's just like a callback to like old school, like classic 80s, you know, early 90s films, but all they're also like, 
but we're using actual practical effects. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, it's a, I feel like it's like a win-win for everyone. So, um, so like, what is one of the things like if if somebody was like serious about getting into acting you know out of all the years and all the films that you've been in leading up to this one uh what is like a story or like a piece of advice that you would give somebody um to get them through those initial hurdles well actually funny enough i will give you a quote uh from leonardo dicaprio he said know what you're talking about i don't know if that's the exact quote but basically if you're in Maybe that's the reason why I've never done one of those uh, sci-fi space shows, because of the uh, the mumbo jumbo lingo. I just I don't understand what the fuck I'm talking about. But if you can know the material, then it's a lot easier to convey that and sell that you know what you're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, know your lines, know where you're supposed to stand. Don't bump into any furniture. These are all things that I've been told along the way. And uh, probably the best one, be like water. First leaf quote, right? So it's just, uh, just go with the flow, man. And, and you know, as you gotta remember that acting is just two people having a conversation about an imaginary subject matter. So, yeah, man, I'd like to say anybody can do it, right? So oh, yeah. if you've got, uh, dreams, go out there and be an actor. What would you say between Tom and, and this one, and then in the other films that you you worked with, what would you say is like your your favorite character, and like how do they compare to Tom? You know, I I don't know that there's another favorite character um, that I've done. I mean, I got to play a dude uh, back in I don't know, let's call it 2000, maybe 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 earlier um, a movie I did called Going the Distance, which was a road trip movie, and it was the the dude friend who's getting into all kinds of trouble and basically Tom is almost that character, but like 10 years down the road kind of a thing. And, you know, life beats you up a little bit and you're just like, you do what you gotta do. Um, but as far as, you know, I mean, I got the action and I got the comedy um, and the horror and gore in this. So really it's hard to top this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a really combination of all the different genres you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, and that's the, one of the things. Horror is great, but if you can't go to work and laugh every day, right? I don't want to just sit there and scream and ah. Let me give give me some giggles. So it was uh, it was perfect, man. I, I absolutely feel blessed to have been a part of it. Oh yeah. Well, I think I've ran pretty much my whole time here. So, <laughs> but it was it was nice chatting with you, and I hope to see some other movies. If anybody's out there listening, definitely the Wolfenstein film. <laughs> Much, Derek. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope to see you again, man. Once again, thank you so much, everyone, for two years of supporting this podcast and just tuning in and checking out all the different episodes, sharing them, saving them, and doing all those cool things that you do. I really feel like 2024 is going to be a great year, a year of growth for this podcast. So thank you so much. 
I hope you enjoyed the interview with Sean Roberts. Once again, the movie Here for Blood is going to be hitting theaters and Screenbox February 9th. So if you don't have your subscription to Screenbox, now would be a good time to get it. Or you can head on over to your local theater. Just make sure to look up the show times and get your tickets while you can. That is it for the episode of Quick Bites this week. And until next time, y'all keep being the amazing people y'all are. <laughs>